0: Welcome back to the McCann Dogs podcast. This is episode 31 and uh, we're excited to be this deep into our podcast. Uh, I'm joined today by the director of online training for the My Dog Can program, Shannon Viljasso, and thanks for joining us again Hi. today, Shannon.
1: Thanks for having me, Ken.
0: We um, have an interesting topic to talk about today, and this is a, a really popular one with uh, a lot of our uh puppy head start students and it's a you know a really common one that we get asked questions about and that's about creating bite inhibition or getting your dog to stop nipping and today we're going to dive into the why behind why dogs may nip or or bite and how to fix that problem I'm Ken Steep, and welcome back to McCann Dogs So Shannon, this is such a popular topic and it's something that people people often uh, you know really struggle with it seems. And uh, I think we, we've got some really good ways to address the issue uh, as well as you know helping people understand why their dog may be biting them and I'd love <laughs> to, to jump right into that today.
1: Yeah, it can be quite the force to reckon with. You know, we think about this Disney model of puppies and these cute, fuzzy, wonderful puppies that are just going to bring nothing but joy to our lives. And then, of course, the reality is there's lots and lots of joy, but there's lots of everything because this is a creature with wants and needs and, and has done some learning all on its own and with its litter mates. So they will often come with a lot of biting behaviors and that's just that's puppy nipping stuff you know it's very normal very natural thing if you've just brought home your first puppy and you're wondering if your dog is um if there's something wrong with them because they're biting so much or because the you know there's slices all over your hands and your arms from those little needle teeth rest assured you have a normal puppy we can definitely help you work through this it's just a matter of finding some consistent ways of helping them understand that their teeth Well, it might have been okay to play with their teeth with their litter mates and with other dog friends with humans Their teeth need to not touch human skin. So there's lots of different ways that we can help them understand that
0: for sure. And the reality is that there's only a couple of reasons why uh, your a puppy, your puppy might put their teeth on you. And uh, let's, let's talk about those reasons. I, I think uh, I read your blog post and for our podcast listeners, I will definitely link the uh, Shannon's blog post in the show notes below. Uh, I would highly suggest that you, uh, you know, put add the McCann dogs pot uh, blog to your RSS feed because there's so much great information on there. And uh, Shannon is often updating the, uh, updating the blog with something uh, really interesting and you know lots of things that will apply directly to your dog training scenario but in the blog post you mentioned that the two reasons are uh, the first one would be that they meant to
1: yeah definitely I and mean, there's a lot of myths and fallacies out there that say oh, it was an accident people will jump to that conclusion oh he didn't mean to when it, you know they've got a little scrape on them from their puppy teeth or or uh perhaps a bigger scrape from from puppy teeth definitely they meant to they are playing with their teeth because that's the way they've learned to play with their litter mates they'll jostle they'll play with each other they can play really really rough and of all of the puppies that I've had I've had some that have been very gentle with their mouths from the beginning Ned comes to mind right away I had almost no nipping issues with him it was a it was a Saving Grace was wonderful with um, some of my other puppies, though. There's been a lot of very extreme nipping right from the get-go with those little needle teeth, and it's just been some consistent work to get them through that. So, know that if they're doing it, they're they're doing it because they mean to, and and that's not. That's not to say that they are awful dogs. It just means that they haven't been taught not to, which is the next point that I made. You know, it's really important that we remember that we are not dogs and dogs don't think like humans. So we need to start understanding life from their perspective. And that means that we need to teach them the things that are important to us. They don't necessarily have any idea that it hurts. They don't have, they can't conceptualize and understand that it hurts us when they bite with those little needle teeth. So we need to have ways of convincing them that it should be their responsibility to be careful, and whatever they're doing, they always need to be responsible for their own teeth. And there's lots of great ways that we can teach those things.
0: For sure, I know um, having whelped a couple of litters, and uh, you know, been around puppies um, my whole life. That's it's it's a social interaction for them, especially when they're really really little. You know, that's how they engage and interact and play. And um, you, you, there's certainly a d- different understanding from them. So I think that's a really important point that uh, you know people don't um, think that it's accidental when their pup, when your puppy puts their teeth on you. And when you mentioned that they haven't been taught to be careful as your next point, let's, let's, um, let's discuss that a little bit. Uh, You know, we know we're going to talk a little bit about some ways that you can teach your puppy to be careful, but um, most often people, when they first experience this behavior, it's because their puppy doesn't know any better.
1: Exactly. Absolutely. And different, there can be different tendencies with different breeds or different groups breeds of dogs, that sort of thing. For example, if you have a German Shepherd, those dogs are, are bred to be much more physical with their mouth. So you're going to get a more powerful tug from that dog. You're going to probably get some worse puppy nipping from that sort of dog, maybe a Rottweiler or a Malinois, you know, those working breeds that are really bred to have strong, strong bites. Um, if you're looking at sporting breeds, for example, they are bred to be very tactile with their mouths, but they're also bred to be very gentle with their mouths. So for example, with a Golden Retreat, you might get lots of puppy nipping. I mean, every puppy is an individual, but they might be a little bit softer with their bite inhibition already. So first off, you're gonna be dealing with, with um, different levels of puppy nipping and different intensities of puppy nipping as well. So know that that's probably going to be a normal thing. And again, it's just our job to get in there and give them the right information that says, you're okay to use your teeth when you're dealing with a toy. You're okay to use your teeth when you're dealing with another another puppy and playing play biting, but you're not okay to use those teeth when it comes to humans.
0: Now you would have firsthand experience with some of the bigger breeds. I know they, the puppy that brought you to McCann Professional Dog Trainers was a Rottweiler. And, and what was your experience with him as a puppy?
1: That she was, and she was, oh, that was a... That was a very big learning experience for me. I I really didn't know a whole lot about dogs at that point, and I was desperate for help. And that's when I found McCann Dog Trainers. And once I got the right information into her, Quincy was an absolute joy for the entirety of her life. But I can tell you for a fact, this was many, many years ago. So she was still a family dog. I was still living at home with my parents. And my mother to this day still has marks on her arms from that puppy nipping stuff. Yeah, from (laughs) Quincy as the the nine-week-old puppy. It was a little little alligator there. So definitely lots of experience with it there, but with the right information, we got her over it very quickly. So it was only a nightmare for a few weeks until we were able to get into classes here at McCann's.
0: (laughs) Right. So let's talk about some of the ways that we're going to start um, you know, dealing with this issue, some of the things that we can start to teach our puppy so that they understand, they have a better understanding of when they can use their teeth and how to use their teeth in their interaction with us.
1: Yeah, definitely. I like to use the um, the things that I have at my disposal to help my puppy understand. So a couple of those things, one of them is food. Food is a big one that you can use to help your dog understand how to control their mouths. And toys as well are another thing that are really, really helpful in teaching these things. The biggest, the, the sort of umbrella and the overshadow of everything though is consistency and making sure that anytime you are interacting with your puppy at all and you feel teeth, making sure that at that point you let them know it's not acceptable. So whether that is calmly ending the game, whether that is using your leash and taking control of them to stop that fun of, you know, jumping at you and nipping. uh, As a side note, you probably heard on our podcasts before that we almost always have leashes on our puppies. You know, the second they come out of their crate or anytime they're loose in the house, we make sure that they've got a leash or a long line dragging so that you can take control because that gives you the upper hand, right? Puppies are really fast. You don't want to up in a situation where you're trying to chase them and catch them you don't want them to have fun playing that catch me if you can game so having that leash or long line dragging just allows you to reach in calmly and step on it and stop them from playing those little puppy hijinks games that can get you into a little bit of mischief so first and foremost consistency is absolutely the most important thing and that means Anytime you feel teeth, you need to have some sort of a reaction so that your puppy says, oh, okay, I remember that message. I got that one before.
0: Yeah, I love that idea. We um, we recently published, or you and I published a video um, a little while ago talking about um, your dog having a little bit of emotional control when it comes to food and feeding. Uh, we recently published a video talking about how to teach your dog to not nip at your fingers when you're feeding them some food. And I'll, I'll as resources for our podcast audience, I'll link those in the show notes below. But you know, that, that, process can be taught so quickly, because especially with something like food, you know, it's such a valuable resource to your puppy that they're willing to problem solve. They're willing to think through the process of what's the, how do I get this? How do I get this thing? How do I get this food? As you, um, as you practice some of these skills and you do these exercises with your puppy and you know, it's, um, it's not a challenging process for, you know, to work with your puppy, to get them to want to keep their teeth off you or at least be mindful or more gentle when they're taking that food from you.
1: Yeah. And a lot of the times it's just taking that fun element out of the situation. But with the food, that's that's a really great way of helping your dog understand that nipping your fingers is not an option. So basically what we would do, and this is a really simple setup, we've got videos with this. So uh, you'll see that in the link that Ken's going to put in. Um, But what you would want to do is just pinch some food in your fingers. I'm not sure if you can see this here, just between your fingers and offer that to the puppy. And if you feel teeth at all, all you're going to do is a little oops or a little up, pull it away, and then offer it back to them again within a couple of seconds. And same thing, you're going to just repeat the same process until they start gently trying to get that food. So now if they're sniffing and maybe licking a little bit, you might say yes or click and then open your hand and let them have that treat. So, the key is they never get the food if they're using their teeth on your fingers. And they get a very clear message that the food is actually removed from the situation if they are not gentle. So, if they're rough at all and consistently working through that. And that means, you know, anytime you're working with your puppy, if you're working on a food lure and they're following food and you feel that uh, those teeth on your fingers, a little oops or hey, pull it away, try again. Ideally, they'll work through this separately so that your dog doesn't get confused with the exercises that you're working with them as well. So one of the first things I work on when my puppies come home is teaching them how to take food gently and starting that good work with bite inhibition, starting to instill that responsibility with their teeth, that it's their responsibility to be careful.
0: And, you know, anyone who owns a puppy knows that as you put the work in, you know, it, sometimes it can be, um, stressful and, and uh, challenging to train that puppy to do certain skills, you know, a response to name or walk on a loose leash or come when called or whatever the thing is. And it, you don't want to be, have a, the added frustration of having a puppy who's going to nip you when you're about to reward them. You know, it's really nice to have, uh, you to enjoy the time that you're working with your puppy as well. It's so important to be able to have good timing with your rewards and you want, to you know be confident that when you reach out to reward your puppy for a job well done that you're going to uh bring your hand back with all of your fingers on it i mean it's it's (laughs) it's it's just so important um the other thing that i wanted to mention is that uh, when you're working on some of these exercises if your puppy loves chicken or if your puppy loves Whatever liver treats, then maybe you wouldn't use chicken or liver treats when you're teaching this specific exercise because we really want to set our dogs up to be right, and it's you know helpful in this situation. If I were to use something like kibble or or something that your puppy finds is a little bit lower value to help them be, to be successful during this exercise.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, as a as an extra tip on top of that, save the really really high value rewards for your really, really high value exercises. So for example, as Ken was saying, don't use chicken and just teaching bite inhibition. Your dog's going to show interest in that food anyways, most likely. If not, then you can maybe um, get them something a little bit more interesting. But most dogs are food motivated enough that if you're just using kibble or something that's a really low value reward, you can get that message across still with that lower value reward and save the high value rewards for making an impact on things like response to name and recall.
0: Yeah, and another um, method to help teach your puppy good bite inhibition is the game of tug. Now, I love the game of tug. I grew up in a household, uh, you know, that... didn't believe tug was good for your dog, um, so when I was introduced to the idea at McCann Professional Dog Trainers that you know it was a great way to build a relationship, I was a little skeptical at first. However, after working through the exercises, understanding how my dog could have you know fun with me uh, and that toy at the same time and build value on me uh, while playing with that toy, it was such an important. It was a, it was a you know one of those light bulb moments where you truly understand how um, you know the dogs learn but let's talk about using tug uh, as a way to teach your dog bite inhibition.
1: Yeah, definitely. Another one of my favorite ways to work on that bite inhibition exercise for sure. And initially I will have a toy that my dog has a much better chance of being successful with because I want them to enjoy the game of tug. I don't want to be interrupting it a million times, but I also want to make sure that I get in this lesson as well. So I'll have a good size toy initially with a puppy. So there's lots of areas for them on the toy to bite without necessarily having to interact with my fingers. But there's a fly flying around me. Again, the (laughs) idea... is that the dog learns it's their responsibility to be careful with their teeth. I might have
0: to go get a fly Yeah. yeah poor Shannon. <laughs> I, I know you, our podcast audience can't see this, but I've seen it. It looked gigantic because it flew up near the camera on her, uh, on her computer, but <laughs> Shannon's being attacked by flies as she Tries to uh, tries to teach us here. Uh, I I um I totally agree. I love the I love the game of tug uh, when playing with the dog, and I think that's one thing people maybe struggle with is the idea of uh, an interactive toy versus a chew toy. Really understanding what's a great toy to use uh, with my puppy for the game of tug.
1: Yeah, and you know what? That's a really great point to make. So for safety's sake, we have what we call interactive toys and chew toys. And chew toys would be something that are safe, something that is safe to leave with your dog unattended. So with my own dogs, usually the only things I'll ever leave with them unattended are Kongs or nylon bones. Um, and every dog's gonna be a little bit different. There's so much information on all of these toys out there um, on our website, on our, on our blog. We've talked extensively about all these things in our chewing videos and whatnot. So you can certainly, find some toys that are safe and right for you but with interactive toys those are toys that you would never ever leave with your dog you know the the rope toys for example where they can take little pieces of the thread and potentially cause a blockage or cause some damage they can tear those apart and even just destroy the toys that's definitely not as big an issue as actually ingesting something and causing a a veterinary visit But we do want to make sure it's that the dog can grip and and hold on to. So usually when they're baby puppies, something nice and soft. So a plush toy, like a, a long plush bone or something of that nature would be great. And again, that gives your dog lots of area to grab on and tug. Now, what I like to do with my young puppies as I'm working is I will move my hands around on the toy. And I don't set them up to lack in success. I set them up so that we can get these lessons in. So basically, I'll make it really obvious first off where my hands are. So I'm not just sliding my hand in as my puppy's tugging and they're kind of lost in the moment and I'm sneaking up on them. But as I'm um, as I'm working with my puppy and I'm about to say, get it, I make sure my hands are very visible, but I'll move them in closer to the center of the toy. I'll give them permission to get the toy with that, with whatever, whatever my cue happens to be. Get it is usually the case. And as he goes to bite, if he bites the place. I'm going to engage with him. I'm going to play. I'm going to, you know, make a big deal out of having this fun game with the puppy. If he goes to engage with the toy and he hits my fingers right away, the game ends, you know, basically before it starts, it ends at that point. He needs to know that it's his responsibility to be careful with those teeth. So I'm not going to continue the game and hope that he removes his teeth from me. I'm not going to say, ouch, and just move my hand out of his mouth. I am going to say, nope, you don't get to play. You weren't careful with your teeth. You don't get to play the game i'll wait a few seconds i'll get him you know sitting calm down for a moment and these are all things that i've worked before introducing the tug so that my dog knows how to do these things and then i'll invite it again and i might move my hands a little bit depending on how hard of a time he had again i don't want to set him up for failure but i do want to get my message across so i'm going to find a happy medium there to help him understand. And then as he gets better at that, so say I've gone you know, three sessions with tug and I haven't felt any teeth on my fingers whatsoever. At that point, as I'm tugging, I'll start to move my hands around a little bit. I might start to pet the side of his face. I'll start to interact with him. A lot of times with puppies, that'll make them want to interact with that play biting behavior and back at you. So if at that point I feel teeth at all, I, again, I immediately end the game. If he's being careful with his teeth, if he's very conscious of the idea that my hands are there and he's trying not to interact with them with his mouth, I'm going to make sure at that point that the game continues, we have the best time, and then I can practice my out, my sit, my get it, and I can just keep working with that as I move my hands around on the toy and as I give him the opportunity to make those good decisions.
0: Yeah, and I think it's really important that um, you know, everyone in the family, everyone in the household, whether it's a spouse or a partner or whatever, um, that everyone's on the same page when it comes to playing the, the rules when playing tug or the rules when feeding by hand. I think it you know, really speeds up the learning process for your puppy and it doesn't allow for any confusion.
1: Yeah, most definitely. There's some things in the household that you can be a little bit more lax on when it comes to certain rules. You know, if there's one person that we've talked about before, if there's one person that really wants the dog to jump up on them, and another person that doesn't, you can teach that by teaching your dog a specific cue, teaching them to jump up on cue rather than just make the decision themselves. But there's really, you know, unless you're unless you're into very high end bite work or shitsun work, there are are very few situations where you would ever want your dog thinking it's okay to use their teeth. So be consistent with that. Make sure all of the members of the household are on board with that. And with kids, it can be a little bit more tricky. With kids, we don't want them to actually be the ones that are taking control of the dog you know a a lot of the times that just works so much against you depending on the age of the child what we like to do with kids is always have an adult there ready supervising and actually teaching the child what it is they want them to do with the dog remember that you're training the dog but you're also training the child at the same time so we want to make sure that they get consistent and good information and leaving them unsupervised means that you have no control over that whether it's with the puppy and the child or or whether it is um, just with the puppy or with the child by themselves, we want to make sure that there's good, consistent rules and feedback. And if you're absent from the equation, there's no way that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, let's talk about um, for a moment about the difference between uh, puppy nipping and biting and an adult dog nipping and biting. Maybe you've gotten a rehome dog um, or you know a rescue dog, and they have this uh, same struggle with bite inhibition. Uh, you know, our the way we approach this is going to be different than the way we would with a uh eight nine ten week old puppy
1: definitely and you know you might um it's it can be a hard situation because identifying whether or not this is a dog that is biting because there's other things going on or they're they're and not biting but mouthing and and biting with their mouths um if they are doing that just because they've never learned not to. And there's lots of adult dogs that will play with their mouths because they don't understand that they shouldn't. So, you might seek the advice of a behaviorist to find out which is happening. If there's any confusion on your part whatsoever about why it's happening, or you're just just not sure about what's going on, seek the advice of a behaviorist. Get some feedback about what it is that's happening, because you're going to deal with it very different ways. If it's actually a serious biting issue, it's something completely different from any of the things that we just talked about. We're talking about, you know, very innocent puppy play biting behavior, we're definitely not talking about serious biting behavior. So if it's an adult dog and you know it's just, you know, the same goofy puppy behavior that you're getting just because it's a 13-month-old puppy instead of an eight-week-old puppy, you might still get some of those behaviors. But you definitely want to make sure you deal with them leaving those things can end up causing you all sorts of grief in the future so we want to make sure that every dog regardless of their age knows how to appropriately use their mouths and that human skin is a very very delicate thing so if it's an adult dog or an older puppy if you will just make sure that you know what you're looking at don't assume that it's puppy nipping if you're concerned that it's anything but seek some behavioral advice and get some good get a good training program set up so you can work through that
0: Yeah, I I love that, um, that idea. And and identifying that training is needed is really, really important there. Now we uh, get all different ages of dogs in our My Dog Can program. And I'd like if we could just talk very briefly about what the My Dog Can program is uh, for maybe one of our podcast listeners who would, uh, would, uh, you know, find it appropriate for their training situation in their dog.
1: Absolutely. My dog Ken is our grade one program adapted for an online environment. So, we there's that fly again. We spent a good two years putting this program together because we wanted to make sure that it represented what we do here at McCann's. And, you know, we've spent almost 38 years now training family dogs to have good manners and doing it with as much quality as we can possibly put into the program. We absolutely love what we do. And we didn't want to put something online that was just a bunch of videos for people to watch. We wanted to make sure that we had a program that was comprehensive and just like our grade one program could take a dog who had never had a minute of obedience training and get them to a point in a few short weeks where they're a joy to live with. They walk nicely on leash, they come when they're called regardless of what distractions are out there. And we um, also teach them to have emotional control through stay exercises. We work on greeting manners, we work on all sorts of things that are so important to having a well-behaved dog. There's lots of support with this program. You can call our office at any point. Um, All the people that answer the phones are professional dog trainers around here. Um, You can email us. We've got a great Facebook group that's dedicated to just our My Dog Ken students. And we talk about so much in that group. We really teach people the why behind dog training and how to think and sort of figure out what their dogs are looking for or needing and how to adapt their life in into a situation where they can troubleshoot down the road. And they really, they really start to understand dog training on a more conceptual level than just, you know, a pl- or one plus one equals two sort of thing when you're teaching skills. So it's a fantastic program, and you can try it for free. If you go to our website, you can have a look for yourself. See if you think it's going to be the right fit for you. It's a really, really great program.
0: And it's so nice uh, to be able to have access to a professional dog trainer. You know, if you have an issue anywhere along the line, you can reach out to Shannon or myself or any of our professional trainers in our office. And you know, it it's just it's peace of mind um, as well as having access to the community I mean our community is so great there's so many it's so much fun to watch people you know celebrate their successes and uh, talk about uh, you know the the new experiences that they've had with their dog because you know they have a dog who listens they have a dog who uh, behaves when they're in uh, you know a busy public setting or whatever the case is so um, uh, I'll post a link for the my dog can program in the show notes below so be sure to check it out uh, if you haven't already well, I want to thank you guys for listening. It was, um, it was a. I enjoy this topic. I uh, because I've lived through it. You know, I've I've experienced this as a student as well as a uh, as helping people with it as an instructor. And I think this is a really important one that a lot of people can get a lot of value from. So I want to thank our uh, podcast audience for listening to another episode of the McCann Dogs podcast. And Shannon, of course, as always, I want to thank you for joining us today and sharing your expertise.
1: Oh, my pleasure. It was great.
0: Now, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, or if if this is your first time seeing us on our YouTube video podcast channel, which we have just created, uh, make sure you uh, follow uh, our podcast or hit that subscribe button on our channel. And on that note, I'm Ken, and I want to wish you guys happy training. Bye for now. Bye, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the McCann Dogs podcast and if you'd like some more training resources be sure to check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at McCann Dogs and if you'd like to train with us online be sure to check out the show notes below for our My Dog Can online training program where we know in just a few weeks your dog will become a well-behaved family member. Until then, happy training!